All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Iwana Club's podcast. I'm Hunter Williams. I serve as a missionary in Tennessee, and I'm so thankful to be joining you again. And I'm excited because I got a special guest with me. I've got Mike Sexton on the podcast with me today. He is a U.S. field director and missionary with Iwana in California. And Mike, I am just so happy to have you on. It is a privilege to be with you, Hunter, today. Yeah, and uh, Mike brings a lot of wisdom. I'm just excited to jump right into it. So let's do it. And what we're going to be talking about today is uh, training and retaining volunteers. And I can tell you up front, the best leaders you're going to have in your Awana club are leaders that are equipped and leaders that stick around, which is why we're talking about training them and retaining them so they stick with us. And, you know, when it, when it comes to training... Uh, we train through our expectations and moments of equipping. There's a lot of directions we could go with training, but those were the first two things that came to mind for me when I think of the topic of training is we train our volunteers, our disciple makers, through the expectations we have and through the moments of equipping we have with them. So let's talk about expectations first. So our expectations flow out of our values and our values flow out of our philosophy. Now, at Awana, our goal is to make resilient child disciples. And our philosophy in doing that is to have ministries that have belonging, believing, and becoming. And so at Awana, those aren't just words for us. We literally want everything we do, our values, our expectations to flow out of that. So Mike, with that said, as we think about our 3B philosophy at Awana, what expectations should flow out of that philosophy and how should those train our leaders? Yeah, I, I, I love that question of thinking about, of, you know, the whole idea of belonging, you know, and that idea of highly relational ministry with loving, caring adults. But for our, for our volunteers that serve with us, they also want to feel belonging. And, and so when we think about communicating expectations of belonging, you know, it's, it's a team effort and, and thinking about, you know, some of those things that we might, you know, have that three to five written expectations, but then just that constant uh, flow of reminding, you know, you know, but God's word, you know, told Israel so many times, remember, 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 remind, remind, and the memorial stones and all those different things. And so that's a that's a huge part of what we get to do as ministry leaders is, hey, you know, if 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 you belong, you know, you're going to be here on time, and um, and we're going to pray together, we're going to pray together as a team, and you know, and and then we're gonna you know we're gonna be present, um, you know, the phones are going to be put away, and. Um, and, and just, you know, I, I've, I've heard clubs that have a basket that all their leaders, as they come in the door, put their phones in the basket and so that they are present with those kids. And, and I think the other thing, too, is, is when you think about belonging, you need to be consistent and faithful, showing up every week. You know, I, sometimes I don't like the word volunteer because it makes it sound like it's uh, you, you can show up when you want. Um, but you know what? Kids are expecting you to be there because they want you to love on them. And so, so as we think about belonging, I think it's, you know, not only helping our kids to belong, but also to help us as a leader team belong with each other and enjoy each other serving together. And then as we think about the believe 
and the highly scriptural side, you know, we have an expectation we're going to communicate the gospel every week in our in our ministry. And whether that's in large group, small group, we, we need to be about sharing the gospel. And then we're going to have conversations around God's word. I mean, that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're there for. And then as the become part, that experiential side, um, we're going to be good listeners to hear when kids are asking spiritual questions so that we can jump in and um, give them answers according to God's word so that they become more like Jesus. And so those are some of the things I think about as we communicate expectations around our philosophy. Yeah, those are those are great, Mike. And just to piggyback off some of those, you know, when I think of belonging, what you said is true. We need to be faithful, show up on time, be present. You know, I also think about um, having good safety policies because a child can't feel like they belong if they don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are some good expectations to have on what does that look like? How are you going to keep things safe uh, in your ministry? Uh, when I think about believing, you know, I think about coming prepared to teach. You know, I, unfortunately, when it comes to kids, we think because they're young, we can wing it. No, absolutely not. We need to come prepared. We need to put in the time and effort to study. We need to be ready to share the gospel uh, on a whim. You never know when a child comes up and asks you, how can I be saved? Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, I even think an expectation, I've seen a lot of churches have this where they want volunteers to be committed to coming to Sunday worship because they want them to grow spiritually so that as they're growing, they can pour into their kids. Yeah. Um, and then when I think of becoming, one thing that came to mind for me is because part of becoming is it's your lifestyle, it's your practices. And I even think you could put in there how you handle disagreements and discipline, Mm. because how you handle discipline with a child uh, can form them in the likeness of Jesus. And you can show Christ in how you handle that discipline. Or even if a leader has a disagreement with another leader, you can even have expectations and policies on how you could go about that. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ways your philosophy can dictate Mm -hmm. your values and practice. And so I would just encourage anyone listening Take the time, sit down with your your volunteers and just really think through what are some good expectations we can have that flow out of this philosophy. And then I would put them on paper for real. Um, You know, one thing that can save you a lot of heartache is having expectations that you write down and have people sign that they agree to Mm -hmm. it. Um, that way, everyone's on the same page. No one says, "Well, I didn't know that." Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really saves you in the long run. Yeah, one, one of my so that's the one, one of my favorite quotes okay. from uh, a book called the, "The Principle of the Path" is "Direction, not intention, determines destination." Mm-hmm. Again, direction, yeah, not intention, good. determines destination. And so, if we're gonna if we're gonna make headway, we have to communicate our direction and our expectations to our our leadership team so that we do reach that destination of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Man, I love that. And that's so true. Uh, You even think of a map. A map would be pointless if it didn't have detailed directions and markers. And that's what expectations are. If we want to move the needle to making child disciples, we need to have clear expectations and directions. That's great, Mike. I love that. So we'll move on to equipping now. So we talked about expectations and how that can train our folks. Uh, Our moments of equipping train as well. And this is usually what we think of with training. A lot of times when we think of equipping, we think of like a two-hour training on a weekend or, you know, you might think of a one-on-one conversation with someone 
to train them on things. But Mike, as we think about moments of equipping, what are some moments that our leaders should plan or be on the lookout for right. uh, in Awana clubs? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think sometimes, you, you know, you hear uh, churches say, yeah, we had a, we had a training meeting and they did um, child protection training, which is important, and how to do records, record keeping. And, and that's considered their training. And those are foundational equipping things that need to happen. And I understand that. And that, or then there's the next time is the, the structural type of equipping where, you know, this is the room you're going to be in. This is, you know, how many kids you're going to have. This is the schedule. But the real ministry equipping is how do we equip them in the ministry skills? You know, how do we help them? Um, their listening skills. I know, um, and I'm sure you're 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 a wonderful husband, and you and you're listening to your wife and not trying to solve her problems before she's done talking. Um, I've been married 43 years, and I still got a lot of work to do. But uh, but again, I think that's true. That a lot of times we're not listening to what our folks need, our leaders need, and how we can equip them in their ministry skills, how to ask questions, you know, being curious about the lives of our kids. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about expectations with leaders, but also expectations with our kids and, and what, you know, what they're capable of, knowing them, knowing their learning styles and all those kinds of things are things that we can help our leaders as we equip them. And, and it might be, um, I, I'm not, I'm not much for the, let's, you know, get them in a room and talk to them for two hours. Uh, I, I'm more for short bits of equipping in ministry skills. And that's why I love the Awana basics online is because it's short little segments that they can use to equip their leaders. Yeah, there, there's so many aspects to equipping and it's an ongoing process and that's something we need to highlight because i know some churches training for them is once a year for a couple of hours we go over just the basic things like child protection and stuff and we're covered for the year now throughout the year you need to be reminding them of the vision the philosophy you need to be going over specific skills that you see that, that maybe they're lacking in um, and there's so many tools awana provides to help so, you know, if you need training in vision, I think things like CDF or RCDT, so like the Child Discipleship Forum or the Resilient Child Discipleship Training, those are great for vision and broad training in child discipleship. But then there's things that train for skills. You know, we talked about the Iwana Basics Online. Whether you're new or a veteran, that provides great things. Um, we've got online events that we host uh, through Iwana's website and social media pages. Um and then, you know, things like this podcast, I would love a resource like this as an AMD because what I would do is if a podcast came along that really hit a point of training we needed, instead of me reinventing the wheel, what I would do is send it out to my leaders and say, hey, listen to this and, you know, we'll meet 15 minutes early Wednesday night or we'll meet uh, for lunch after Sunday service and we'll discuss it. You know, there's so many little things we can use that can fill in the gaps of our equipping. But like Mike said, it needs to be, you know, full orbed equipping. 
Don't just think structurally. Don't just think procedurally. Also think spiritually. Uh, think tactically. There's so many ways you can look at it. But part of what Mike said is true. You need to be looking and listening for the type of training your leaders need. Because some will be more proficient in aspects than others. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. If you've been on the fence about registering for the Child Discipleship Forum, now's the time. You still have a chance to save on registration. Through August 25th, you'll save $50 per seat when you sign up. You can come as a solo act, or you can save a couple hundred bucks when you bring your whole ministry team. The CDF experience is something you'll want to talk about and process with other people who are fueled, like you, by forming strong faith in the kids in your community. Join us in Nashville September 21st and 22nd, or sign up to attend online. You'll hear from spirit-filled, Bible-minded speakers like Sam Luce and Rebecca Lyons. Chinway Williams is talking about childhood trauma and what it means for discipleship. Ed Stetzer will be speaking again at this year's forum. You really need to be there. So go to childdiscipleshipforum.com and register today so you don't miss out on our best summer pricing available. That whole idea of expectations, you know, as you think about become, and, we, you know, we're thinking about kids, but we as ministry leaders, we need to be lifelong learners and, and, and really be about honing our skills and, and you know, being able to, you know, when a child asks about a, a cultural issue that we, we at least, uh, if, we, if we don't know the answer, we can say, I don't know, let me, let me, let me check on that and get back to you. And so, but again, being, having that attitude of lifelong learning, I think is such an important part um, for a leader. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we, we've looked at equipping, we've looked at expectations. Let's move on to retaining leaders now. And I always say that retaining volunteers comes with a mix of appreciation and evaluation. So let's look at each of those really quick. So appreciation, Mike, why would you say appreciation is such a key part to retaining leaders? And what are some practical ways that we could show it? Well, appreciation is is really about valuing people. Um, it's not it's not just the tasks and getting through. Uh, I know my wife has to continually remind me after we get all ready for an event is forget the task now and look at the people. And, mm-hmm. and so, and I think that's, you know, we can get that in, in our Awana ministry, you know, we'll get at the end of the night and, you know, Awana happened to us. And um, we really need to be investing in the people. Um, and I think one of the things too, when you think about appreciation, um, you need to understand um, the ways that people receive appreciation, you know, kind of like the, the five love languages idea of how do, how do they really receive? So for some, it's going to be words of encouragement. And um, uh, for other ones, it's going to be time with you outside of the context of, of ministry and club. But hey, we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the coffee shop and you know, just talk about life. And, and so that time, and then some like material gifts and, you know, gift cards or flowers or whatever um, that just shows that, hey, you're important. And then, you know, there's obviously we have the group things, you know, like an appreciation dinner at the end of the year and those kinds of things. Um, 
and then you know public recognition um you know at the end of a year and even I loved when we used to do a leader dedication before the start of a ministry year and so that the church was praying for our children's ministry leaders um, before the start of the club year and during the club year. Because a lot of times we know that children's ministry kind of gets, you know, moved off into uh, out of people's minds. And this was a great way for people to associate a face and a group of folks that are doing child discipleship with kids. And so I, I think it's, those are all different ways, practical ways that you can um, show appreciation for your volunteers. Yeah, that, that's good stuff, Mike. And uh, I guess one thing I'd add to that is if you're trying to think through, man, how would I even know uh, what to do for my leaders that'd be meaningful? One thing I found helpful is at the beginning of the year, um, get like a, make like a get to know you thing for your leaders. So it could be a, a simple card or a page that, where they just write down their birthdays, anniversaries, they write down their favorite snacks, drinks, uh, hobbies, all that stuff. That way you can kind of see, oh, here's something this person really enjoys at some point in the year. I'm going to show that appreciation that way to them. Mm-hmm. But also simple compliments go okay. a long way because it shows them that you're noticing them. Mm-hmm. So you can say, Hey, I noticed that you got down on Johnny's level when he was mm-hmm. asking that question. Man, I bet Johnny felt real like there was a sense of belonging there because you did that. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for doing that. Mm-hmm. Little things like that shows them that, man, the little things I do isn't pointless. Like, mm-hmm. They're paying attention. So surveys, moments of compliments like that can really go a long way in showing mm-hmm. appreciation. Yeah, meaningful words and specifics, just like you say, getting down on Johnny's level are so important, you know. And, and look for the good. You know, we, there's always opportunities to um, look for the things that aren't going well, but we want to look for the good. Look how God's working in the life of Johnny as you minister to him and so on. So I think those are things that are really important to do. Absolutely. All right, so appreciation has to do with valuing our leaders. Last thing is evaluation. And this might sound interesting to put for retaining volunteers. I think it absolutely is. Um, And evaluation can go a few different directions. You know, this could be uh, giving leaders a chance to evaluate themselves. It could be you evaluating leaders. And it could be leaders uh, evaluating the ministry as a whole. And so there's a lot of directions we could take this. So... Mike, I'd love just to hear your thoughts on this idea of evaluation uh, leading to leader retention. Well, you know, you think about, you know, a lot of a lot of ministries and, lot, and even Awana, you know, we've been doing research. And so we'll get feedback through surveys and then we create focus groups. And, and so so that's one way to think about doing it, you know, survey your your leader team and then as you see things, you know, bring together focus groups. And the other thing, there's a, um, a number of years ago, one of the things that as you're talking to individual leaders is what would you start doing? What would you stop doing? And what would you continue to do? And, and ask the question around, what's one thing that we should stop doing? Um, we used to do a pie night in our club. And every year, and then we would decide we're never doing that again. And then three or four years later, we'd forget why we said never do it again. And then we'd do it again. 
<laughs> and so, so again, it's, it's some of those things, though, but what are the things you're going to stop? What is something we really need to do? And then what's, that, what's those things that we are, um, we're hitting the mark and we need to, we need to continue doing those things. Um, and I think that's, I mean, every leader can answer those questions um, for themselves individually and then also for the overall ministry. And I, so I think that's a, a great way to, to get some evaluation and also, you know, constructive feedback for the ministry. Yeah, and I like that you ended with constructive feedback because if leaders don't feel like you're listening to them, uh, they're going to exit out the door real quick. Um, and so absolutely, and there's so many different ways you could frame those evaluation questions or forms. You know, again, you could go back to our philosophy. You could say, hey, let's look at game time. In what ways are we showing belonging well and what ways are we not? You know, what ways are we showing believing well? What way, and you could do that with every segment of club, large group and small group. Um, yeah, so that that's great, Mike. And, um, you know, one thing I think about here that might sound odd for leader retention is, um, is this idea of evaluating the leader themselves. Because that might sound scary, like, Man, if you evaluate a leader, wouldn't that uh, make them scared and want to run? But here's why I say that is because, you know, maybe as you look at a leader through the year, the evaluation might help you realize, you know, I have them serving as a leader in Cubbies, but from what I've seen, they would do much better in TNT. Maybe I'll ask them if they want to serve in TNT instead. Or maybe you have someone who's serving as a game director, but as you get to know their skill set and personality, they would be a lot better as a Bible teacher in large group, or they'd be a lot better as a secretary because they have that, that way of organizing and things. You just never know. And so I think that's why evaluation is important because if you just avoid it, if someone's in a spot they don't belong, they'll leave. But if you evaluate and move them to a spot where they're a better fit, you'll probably keep them longer term. So that's why I would say evaluate leaders as well and not just receiving um, criticism from yeah. leaders. Well, and I think too, you know, when you think about, um, you know, club ministry has so many different um, areas where people can work in their strengths. Um, you don't necessarily have to put somebody in a in a spot where they are having to work in their weaknesses, and, and so I think that's a that's a it's a it's a great thing uh, about club ministry is there's you know there's there's people you know what they don't like kids, but you know what you can move chairs and still be involved in reaching kids um, through physical work, and so I think that's you know again I love the idea that, you know, people can serve within their strengths. Well, Mike, this has been a really great conversation and I pray that it's been helpful to people. It's been helpful to me. I know I've been taking notes as we've been talking. And again, you know, the best leaders are the ones who are equipped and the ones that stick around. And I hope that some of the things we shared here today about expectations, equipping, appreciation and evaluation will really help you have leaders who are resilient so that they can make resilient disciples. Thanks again, Mike, for being on. And that's the Awana Clubs podcast. We'll talk to you again next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio. All rights reserved.
Your support and donations to the Awana ministry make it possible for us to partner with 62,000 churches in over 130 countries. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more details about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more information about Hunter and his ministry. If you like this episode, you'll also like the Child Discipleship Podcast, where new episodes drop every Thursday. The executive producer of this podcast is me, Ross Cochran. And our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way. And you also heard their song, Throne, from their album, Save Me From Myself. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Oh,